We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Father God, we do love you, we do worship you today, and we do honor you for who you are and what you've done and what you're doing, not only in our own lives, but in our own community, in our own nation, and across the world. Father, we come this morning to proclaim your word, to lift up Jesus, um, to remind us of the price that uh, you paid, God, that we might have life and have that life abundantly. God, help me to prescribe and to teach the things, the Word of God with boldness, knowing that godliness is a profitable thing. It's profitable for all things, God, since it holds uh, promises for the present life and the life that is to be revealed in the last days. Father, you are above all things, worth all sacrifices, because you are a Lord of all, and God, all of our hope is in you. And all that we glory in is in you. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that people would not miss that. Don't let me miss, Father, in this message or any other message that I preach, your grace, your mercy, and your provision to have victory over trials and tribulations in our life. God, don't allow me to leave this building with people not feeling that they have a hope in Jesus Christ. Because we know your scripture is true. And it says that our hope is in Jesus Christ alone. And we want to offer that hope every day. That we open and proclaim and profess the word of God. And I pray today, God, that that would be clear and forefront in all that we say and do in our lives. And I ask these things and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Well, last week, let me give you a little recap. We, if you remember, we've been going through the book of 1 Peter for those that are visiting or those that have not been here before. We've been going through the book of 1 Peter and last week we looked at two main points. And the first point is that we must understand who we are in Jesus Christ. And the second point is that we must understand how we are to act as Christians. And you see, when we understand who we are in Jesus Christ, that it's important because when we do understand that, it affects how we live our lives and how we do act as believers and followers of Jesus. The six things, if you remember, were that we were a chosen race. Elected before the foundations of the world. That's something to glory in. That is something that should give us hope and comfort to know that we were elected before the foundations of the world. It said also that we were a royal priesthood and we were designed to share this hope that we have, this hope that Jesus came and died on the cross and that He shed His blood so that we might have life and that we might have victory and that we might be righteous before God even when we do sin. We need to share that goodness of God. He says we're a holy nation as a church. He says we are a people for God's own possession. God is, we, owned, we are owned by God. We are not our own. And then he says we are the people of God and, and a people that has received mercy. And I don't know about you this morning. The life I lived before I found Jesus Christ 
was not a life of mercy, a life of grace. But being that Jesus Christ came into my life and He transformed me, He has shown me His grace and mercy. And it's not by the way that I live my life that saves me. It is by the grace and the hope of Jesus Christ and what He paid on the cross at Calvary. Now with this said, uh, many place verse 11 and 12 into the second section which we'll be looking at. Um, which is Peter's response to the Christian relationships. Uh, or I like to say the Christian submission because that's really what it's about. Because the way that we behave as Christians affects those around us. But I placed Peter, this uh, 11 and 12, in Peter's response to the Christian salvation, which was what we've already gone through. Uh, chapter 1, chapter 2, all the way into verse 12, 11 and 12. But I place it in that because I believe it's in the context in which we're speaking of. Now we can agree to disagree, and many people do, and that's okay, it's not a big deal. And so we've looked at nine different responses that Peter has given us over the last nine weeks as he responds to the Christian salvation, if you remember. The first one was Peter's prayer of thanksgiving in verses 3 to 5. Peter's praise of proven faith, verses 6 to 9. We saw Peter's plea for holy living in our lives, in 10 to 16. We see Peter's proclamation of the fear of the Lord, in verses 17 to 21. We see Peter's principles to love the brethren fervently, in verses 22 to 25, we saw Peter's prescriptions in which he gave us in which and how we could grow in the faith, grow up into mature Christians. In chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And then we saw Peter's push for acceptable, offering acceptable sacrifices to God. And then the last thing that we looked at was Peter's position as who we were in Christ, as who we are in Christ, in 9 to 12. And because we know who we are, and we begin living these things out, we can better serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We can better make an impact in our own lives and in the lives around us and in the community. And we can have a renewed joy, a renewed happiness in Jesus Christ when we begin to understand who we are in Jesus and what Christ has done. We have talked about a lot of things so far in First Peter, and I don't want us to forget what we've learned over the last nine weeks in these last nine lessons, and that is that, that's why I took the time to review them, is to give you a quick reminder. But now we're going to move on from Peter's response to the Christian salvation into Peter's response to the Christian's submission. Next slide, please. We saw there in chapter 2, we see, we're going to see in chapters 2, verse 13, to chapter 3, verse 12, three different areas that call, Peter calls us to have submission to. First one we're going to be looking at today is Peter's call to submission in government. The next thing we'll be looking at is Peter's call to submission in the workplace. And then lastly, Peter's call to submission in the family. Something that I would like for you to think about while we're going through this journey is what does it mean to submit? I think that's pretty important being that the next three sermons will deal with submission. We need to have a clear understanding what a biblical view of submission is. And so the one asked the question like this that I saw, is it possible to obey without submitting? Obedience 
is an, is an outward action while submitting is an inward attitude. And God calls us not just to obey, but also to submit. Let me say it this way. Just because you obey doesn't mean you submit. Submitting is an attitude while obeying is the action. And so it is possible to obey without submitting. A fellow by the name of Kent Crockett, I have no idea who he is, but he, he quoted this and he says, A mother ordered her disobedient child to go sit in the corner. And after a couple minutes of sitting there, he looked at his mother and he said this, I'm sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm standing up. You see, this young man, he obeyed, but he didn't submit. Because submission is an attitude. And that's what we're talking about for the next few weeks, about submitting to the Lord. We can obey God and still not submit to God inside. You see, it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. And when our heart is right, our outward actions will reflect what's happening on the inside. So let us begin this morning by turning to our text, 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll be looking at verses 13 to 17. If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn with not. There's slides for you. Chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, he says this, Submit yourselves therefore, the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether to, his, to a king as one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. And the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men. Do not use your freedom as a recovering for evil, but use it as a bond slave of God. Honor all people. Love the brethren. Fear God. Honor the king. And there are a few things that in this passage that I want you to take home that, that I think it teaches us. And the first thing that I want you to see that it teaches us is this. That number one, submission to the government is God's command. It's commanded. Submission to the government is God's will, secondly. Here Peter's telling us that we are to submit unto every human institution placed in authority above us. In the Greek... Uh, Yourselves is not even there. And so you can simply say submit. It says submit for the Lord's sake to every human institution. It's in the imperative. We know by now Peter is famous on these imperatives. He continues to command us, to command us, to command us to do this and do this and do this. And you know, uh, it came to me the other day that, you know, as, as, as I preach through this, boy, it sure seems like a lot of commands. But that's what's in the text. And that's what I want to give you, exactly what it says. And he says here, another imperative this morning, that we need to submit to the government that has been given to us. And really it implies that one uh, is submitting, is making a decisive choice. It's not... Um, we, we have to make that choice to whether to decide to submit or not. And so it doesn't leave room for half in, half out, uh, lukewarm. Either you're in submitting or you're out not submitting. And so, number one, our first point is submission to the government is commanded. He says this, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king or as one, the, one in authority, or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. And the praise of those who do right. 
the term here is used as a military term. Okay, it's used to speak about a chain of command. That's what it looks like in the Greek. One who joins the military, he would be very wise into submitting to his authority. We kind of talked about that yesterday a little bit, me and a few other guys. And it says this, submit means this, to arrange oneself under authority. To sit under the authority of someone or something. And here, context is the government. It's your choice, it's my choice, but it's God's command for us to submit to the government that He has placed over us. That's why in the Scripture reading I gave you Romans 13, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. Because it's pretty evident who sets the government into order. I know we think we have a lot of control in our day, but God is sovereign. He sits on the throne and it says He places everyone into power. And therefore we must submit to God. Here he's, he's listing reason uh, behind why we are to submit. This to me really touched me as, as the reason why I should admit. He says this, it's for the Lord's sake. We submit to our government for the Lord's sake. It should really be the reason behind all of our actions, shouldn't it not? He says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says this, Whether then you eat or you drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything we do in life is to be done to the glory of God. And it says, Colossians 3.17 says this, Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Everything points back to God. And everything we uh, do should be to glorify the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but God has a lot of work yet to do in my life in this. Because I wonder many times as I'm sucking down that Pepsi, how am I drinking to the glory of God? As Rob would say, I'm poisoning my body. He's probably right. Maybe I need to consider that. Now... Tim Dennison took a lot of chocolate cakes home with him last night. I'm just saying. You know, you, if you're hungry, just go to him. He, he's got plenty. You can help him. <laughs> but here Peter's telling us that we are to submit for the glory of God. Because it brings glory to Him when we follow His commandments. It brings glory to Him when we submit to the authority that God has placed over us. So when, we, when, when the government gets bad, when the president starts promoting things that are ungodly, that don't match up with what God says, we're still called to submit. Now don't get all antsy yet. We're going to get there. Whether, whether to a king as one in authority or to governors as sent by him. And I believe that him is referring to the king that is in authority, not God, because that's what Romans te is teaching, and he's not teaching that here in, in the context. And so whoever the one is, is making and setting the rules to those that he's placed in order, we are to submit to. And so our governors, everybody as the president, none of the president, we are called to submit to. And listen, God is in control of all things. 
The text doesn't teach the divine right of the king. The king doesn't have this divine right. Now we know what king, the capital K king has, the divine rights. And he's the one who's stirring the pot. He's the one putting people into place for his purpose, his ultimate goal, and his open to me, he is sovereign, and so we know that. But we can't miss in the fact that because there's not divine kingship, that God affirms and supports law and order. He's given us that, and we need to support that, and we need to submit to our government. No matter how bad it gets, we're called to submit because we are instructed by the Lord. Listen, these people we need not forget. The context, context, context is huge here. I'm telling you to submit to our government. Peter is telling these people to submit to their government. And we must not forget what's happening right here in this time frame when these people are being persecuted by their government. Now, we're not being persecuted by our government in the way that these people are being persecuted. If you remember, these people are under leadership of Nero. Okay? Nero wasn't some good president. He wasn't some good leader. No. He, Nero made these Christians' death made out to be sports. He set fire to these people. He nailed them to crosses. And while he wasn't the nicest leader, Peter still calls these people to submit. And if they can submit, we can submit. And when it gets bad in our country, we can still submit to the governing authorities that God has put over us. How are we submitting to our government today? To our leaders that, that has been put into power? Now, just like the military, there are things that, uh, if asked to do that are illegal, you're not commanded to do. You don't have to follow things that are illegal. And God would never ask you to sin or accept sin. And so when the government asks you to sin, you can be free from submitting from that action. But we are still submit to the government. We are called first to submit to what? God's law. There's a chain of command here. God's law is first. The government's next. And then He gives the order. Bam, bam, just like that. And so, look at Acts 4, 16-18. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, just listen, I'll read it with you. He says this, What shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem. They had just done this miracle. It's very apparent to everybody that Jesus has done something. These men have done something. Not Jesus. These men have done something. And we can't deny it, they say. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, they say, let us warn them, speak no longer to any in the name of Jesus. What do you think they did? You think they said, well, we're going to submit to the government. We're not going to preach the gospel anymore. No. They preached the gospel. Because it was contradictory to what God had commanded us to do. And so, no, I'm not saying that we need to follow what our government teaches as far as sin goes. As what God's Word tells us not to take part in. Because some laws are really and truly contrary to what God has instructed and cannot be disobeyed. 
You see, God designed government to punish the evildoers and to praise those who do good. You know, right now it's, a hard, it's hard to submit to the government in which we live in. Because it seems mighty evil and corrupt in many ways. And some would probably agree more than others, and that's not a debate I want to get in. Because God didn't call me to be a Republican. He didn't call me to be a Democrat. He called me to be a man of God. And that's what we should be. Men and women of God who want to seek to do God's law and word and keep true to His commandments. And when the government tells us to do something like, hey, you need to go 55 miles an hour, Stuart, you better buckle it up and slow down. Because we're submitting to God's law, to the government. While God commands us to submit to government, and He's appointed us to do that, we must remember that secondly, submission to the government is God's will. It's God's will for our lives. This is what God wants us to do because it's the will of your life. You know, a lot of young people or people who are in ministry, a lot of people in Bible college, they want to know what God has for them. What does God want me to do? And they're consistently praying about the will of God. And there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Pray. Because that's what God calls us to do. But here, He says it's God's will that we submit to government. There's one thing that we can do that God has given us. We can pray without ceasing, give thanks in all things. Okay, those are things that God says is our will. And so here he says it's the will of God. Do, you do understand that one person in government is outside of the will of God or by design and purpose. Romans 13 says this, every person is to be in subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God. Those which exist are established by God. And so, if you're here this morning, you really have a problem with the president that's in power right now, you can't change what God has designed. But what we can do is pray that through the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ, this man will be brought to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If he's not already, that's not my job to judge. But we can pray that he will make godly decisions. We can submit to the government which God has placed as an act of duty and a submission to the will of God so that it will result in good things. You see, everything that has taken place is some account of God because God is sovereign in control. And it's God's will, therefore, that we submit. Because when we submit, we know that God's in control. You understand that? This whole thing about submission is to understand that God is in control. We submit to government because we have no fear that God hasn't put Him in the power. And God in His sovereignty and His all-knowingness and His foreseeing the future, what's going to happen, knows why He has them there. And it's our job to trust God, to understand why we have what we have in our government. And these men to understand why Nero's killing them off. Because they trust the sovereignty of God. Remember in John 19.11 it says this. Here... Pilate and Jesus are talking and Pilate says something to Jesus and he replies and he says this, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given to you from above. 
For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. It's the will of God. God placed Pilate there. God placed our president there. God places Nero among these people. And everything that's ever, ever been, God has done. For the purpose of bringing glory and honor to Himself. And always bringing people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I don't know about y'all, but when 9-11 happened, the churches were full. You see, God is sovereign. And He knows when things happen that break, that call people's attentions back to God. And I don't know why it is we need that sometimes. To be brought back into a relationship with God. So we can be in fellowship with God and we can live lives that bring honor and glory and that affect people on the outside. Our verse here in verse 15 says this, For such is the will of God, that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. One writer says in the Greek, the Greek word for ignorance suggests not simply a lack of information, but a lack of desire to get correct information. And an unwillingness to accept the truth. This is what ignorance is. And by doing right, submitting, we can literally muzzle the foolish men of this world. And probably fits more in the context of what's going on. When a man submits to the government that's persecuting them, boy, it has an impact on those who are doing the persecution. We submit to you because God has commanded us to. And when we submit to our government, it affects the people around us. But when we fight like as if we can put somebody in power as God is not sovereign... We participate in the things that the world does. Sovereignty. God is in control. From back to front, from beginning to end. God intended us to live out. And that is to suffer. When we suffer for Christ, we live as Christ and when we live lives as Christ, we follow the example that He gives. And really, that's getting ahead of myself because we'll see that in the next few verses. Submission is not easy. This journey of submission is not easy. No one, like, I don't like anybody telling me what to do. I mean, do you? But Proverbs is very clear about those that reject instruction. I encourage you to do a study on that. So when we're corrected, when we're told that we are to submit, and if we feel in our hearts that we shouldn't submit, listen, God's Word says submit, not me. And I'm just encouraging you to follow what God has said to do so that we can better glorify and better have an impact in people's lives. We... A lot of times think we are in control, but we're not. God is. I'm standing in the corner on the outside, but on the inside I'm sitting down. I'm paying my taxes on the outside, but on the inside I ain't. And I know that hurts some of you right there. Because I know some of you have big tax bills, and boy, I can tell you, I, I apologize. I got a good refund. It's the benefit of having a bunch of kids, I guess. 
But how do we deal with what we are commanded to do by our government? It's hard. Submission is inward. It's a result. It's results is outward expression. By obedience. And only God knows if you're truly submitting. I, I, listen, sometimes I don't even know if I'm truly submitting. I follow what I'm supposed to do sometimes. And when I do sometimes, I, I wonder many times, am I really submitting or am I just doing it because I'm told to do it? I'm doing it on the outside, but on the inside... I'm done. I'm not. It's very easy to get into. When we outwardly express an obedience from an inward submission, it shows itself in freedom. To obey the Lord because you know that He is in control brings about some kind of freedom in our life. He says in 16 and 17, Act as free men. Do not use your freedom for covering for evil. But use it as a bond slave of God. Honor all people. Love the brethren. Fear God. Honor the King. Peter here may have been dealing with people in the church that felt opposed to submitting to the state. And I could understand why. I probably would too if they were killing my people off. Due to the fact that they were now free in Jesus Christ. They had received this, this message of grace and mercy. They had a freedom in Christ. And now by submitting to the law of the state, maybe they were opposed to that. They didn't want to lose their freedom in Christ. But no, Peter wants them to understand that they can submit and still be free in Christ. Because it's really the will of God for their lives in our lives today. This may, may not be a hard thing for us to deal with right now. You know, I don't know much about government. I didn't even know the primary election was going on the other day. And I apologize. And so, you know, I don't have a lot of good insight into the government. But what I do have good insight into is what God says we should submit to. And it may not be hard for us to deal with this submission right now. I don't have a problem for the most part that I can think of submitting to what the government has asked me to do. Right now. But there could become a time and day when our children or our children's children struggle with us a lot more. Because our government is moving in a direction that is away from God. And our government and our nation is becoming a nation that is not a Christian nation. They argue the forefathers were not Christians. We need to be founded on a Christian nation. We need to be willing to submit to the human institution and why it can be hard and why it can feel overwhelming. And while it can feel like sometimes we may be compromising our faith by submitting to these things, we need this encouragement to understand that God's in control. Just like they understood God was in control. At least Peter understood that God was in control. And if I'm not mistaken, Peter's was martyred by Nero. Here, this man 
has commanded people to submit to a man that later became killed by. They were free in spite of Nero's charge over them because Jesus Christ had set them free. And those that are free in Christ are free indeed, is what Scripture says. This morning I wonder if you are free in Christ. Because I want you to understand that I want you more than ever before to leave this building with hope. I don't want you to feel like I'm not giving you hope and compassion and mercy because the hope and the compassion and mercy is through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that He's given us to be able to do the things He's called us to do. It's not by doing these things we earn favor with God. That's legalism. It's not by doing these things we earn our salvation. That's legalism. But let us not confuse legalism with obedience to the God who created the Holy Spirit to give us the power in victory over sin in our lives. We ought to walk out of these doors with a hope and a power that we can defeat the devil because we've been indwelt and empowered with the Spirit of God. That's hope. That's grace. That's mercy. That's the love of Jesus Christ. And when we fail, we can get back up because He said it's finished. And everything we've ever done and every sin that we've ever committed and every sin that we'll ever commit into the future has been bought with a price. And we can have hope and grace and mercy in Jesus Himself. That's the message. Submission is a byproduct of having that hope and that grace to know that the Creator, I don't care if all hell breaks loose, I can serve the God of the universe because He's in control. That's the hope we need in Jesus. It must have been hard from some of these men of the Old Testament as they watched their land fall to pieces. I think of these prophets that preached repentance to their people and they ignored and their land fell to pieces and they watched it before their eyes. I can imagine how hard it was. And today we are watching the USA fall to pieces. And all we can do is submit. Because God has given us the commandment. We need to stand for what's right. We need to continue to pray. Maybe it's all we're going through is because God wants us to come to a place where we can pray for our government. Do it, you know the old story about a man who ran out of fuel? And, and, and he was walking down the road looking for a home, and there's a home, and he walks up to the door, and he knocks on it, and he looks down, and there's a dog going, Arr, Arr, Arr. Dude, what's wrong with your dog? Are we sitting on a nail and it hurts him? It just don't hurt him bad enough to get up and do anything. Is our government hurting us enough to where we can get up and begin to pray for it? That's the question. 
We cannot change the lives of people. And God has been teaching me over the last four weeks that we plant a seed, we water it, but God Almighty is the one who grows it. I can't grow you, you can't grow me. I can only give you the Word of God. I can only water it, comfort you, give you mercy and grace, and then watch God grow it. And it may take 10 or 15 years, and by God's grace, I'll be here that long. But I'm trusting in God to do the growing and changing the people's hearts that lead our country. Verse 17 says, Honor all people, love the brethren, fear God, and honor the King. Command, 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 command. The grace is the hope of Jesus that we can honor all people. We can love the brethren. We can fear the Lord. We can honor the King because we've been given a power that many don't obtain. And that's the Holy Spirit. He says, honor all people. It means all human beings... Every race, every creed, sex, and social status. And even sinners not yet saved by the grace of God. We still, even though they're sinners, we need to honor them with respect. Because you know what? We were once where they were. I lived a life of hellion. And 11 years ago, God opened my eyes. I didn't draw close to God. God, God draw close to me. And He drew me to Himself. And He gave me the eyes to see the goodness of God. And in my own ability to choose, God allowed me to be saved by what Jesus Christ did. And Scripture even says, the choice that I chose God with was given to me by God. However you put that one in your theology, let it fit. But we need to honor all people. Because even though they're sinners, we were once sinners, and me the greatest one of all. We are created in the image of God, and the blood that saved us, praise God, is able to save them, and that's what I'm in the business for. Reaching lost souls with the hope of Jesus. Love the brotherhood, he says. It points us back to chapter 1, verse 22, when he says, love the brethren fervently. Love one another. Love those that are, that are with you in Christ. Show respect. Love. Do, listen, I love my wife. I love my children. I love you. Don't ever get the idea that I don't love you. I think about you. I pray for you. I'm concerned about your life. And I'm concerned enough to love you, to preach the Word of God to you, because I understand I can't change you. God's Word can change you. Because the Word of God is sharper and active than a double-edged sword, piercing to where bone and marrow and everything else. Listen, God's going to change your hearts, not me. If you're here because of me, pity be to you, because I may fail you. I may fall. And you know what? When I do fail and I do fall, I need you to be there to pick me up, not beat me up. And we need to be there for one another. And when our kids get out of control, I need you to love me. I need you to love them. Pick us up. Watch after each other. Say, brother, what you're doing is not right. I love you. And I love you so much that I'm going to tell you. So that we can maintain a spirit of godliness. He says, fear God. The Christians are to fear God only. You know, 
when we say fear God in the context of submitting to the government, it really doesn't settle like it would with them. Here Nero is killing Christians by making sport of them. And he says, fear God. Don't fear man who have I placed in authority over you. You fear me. He says, honor the king. That is what we are to do for the sake of Christ because it is God's will that we honor Him. That, do, that we do right because we know the end. And all hell can break loose and we can still be certain that God is in control. And when it does break loose, we need to lean on Jesus because He is our hope. He is our firm foundation in which the whole body is built off of. And as we do these things, we need not forget to honor the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In our worship, in our lives, in our relationships with our families, our wives, our children, by submitting to the government, we show honor to our King. And the big question is, have you ever submitted to the King? King of kings and Lord of lords. Have you ever given your life to the man named Jesus Christ who paid for your death Calvary's hill as He was pierced for our iniquities and He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And so when God sees me, He sees me as holy and righteous and forgiven, not by the deeds I do now. I do the deeds that are good because of a byproduct of what Jesus Christ has done through me. And I desire because He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Have you this morning put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? I can give you no other hope than Jesus. Let us pray.